0: morning we've been doing this series on the life of Joseph and the tests that Joseph had to go through while God was preparing him for leadership. Let's just reflect on Joseph's life up until now. He was the favorite son of his father and he had 11 brothers and because he was the favorite son and because he was had a special relationship with God and had dreams and that sort of thing, His brothers hated him. And when he was 17, he went to visit his brothers who were rearing sheep out in the fields. And his brothers got him and they threw him into a pit. And he cried out for mercy. And eventually they took him out and they sold him to slave traders who took him to Egypt. He was sold as a slave in Egypt and worked for His owner, but one day his owner's wife, tried to seduce him. And when he moved away from her, she falsely accused him of sexual misconduct. So Joseph ended up in prison for 13 years for a crime that he did not commit. But Joseph's greatest trial was the prophetic test. Let's read about it from Psalm 105 verses 17 to 19 where it says he sent a man before them, Joseph who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The, law, the word of the Lord tested him. Now you can see the word, word, written twice there in yellow. And both of those words have different meanings. One means the written word of God, and the other is the spoken prophetic word of God. And so this verse, verse 19, literally means until the time that Joseph's prophetic word or spoken word came to pass the literal word of God tested him. And the New Living Bible puts it this way it says until the time came to fulfill his dreams the Lord tested Joseph's character. Have you ever had a prophetic word spoken over you? Until your life lines up with God's written word, your prophetic word won't happen. Joseph's feet were hurt by fetters and chains. He experienced painful suffering. Would Joseph believe God's words Or would he just give up in hopelessness and despair? A prophetic word tests our faith. God's biblical word tests our character. Joseph's greatest trial wasn't his rejection by his brothers, or being a slave, or going to prison. What confused Joseph the most was the prophetic word that he had had from God. God revealed through dreams that Joseph would be given great authority and that God would use him for his glory, that his brothers would bow before him and he would save the lives of many people. Joseph loved and obeyed God. This prophetic word gave him a sense of duty and destiny. He expected to play an important role in bringing about God's will and purpose. But the circumstances in Joseph's life were just the opposite. He was the servant. He was the one who had to bow down. How could he believe that he would save many people when he himself was just a slave? He must have thought, Why is God directing my steps into prison and into obscurity, into a place where no one knew about him, where he was forgotten? He must have wondered, did I hear God correctly? Did my pride invent those dreams? Maybe my brothers were right. Maybe God is punishing me for my pride and my selfish ambition. There are times when God reveals to us the things that he wants for us. It may be ministry or service opportunities. Yet the outcome in our lives may seem to be the exact opposite. It's very easy to think, Lord, that can't be you speaking. Maybe that's just my carnal self that I'm hearing. We are tested and tried by God's word to us. God has given us his promises and we can trust these promises. God has a plan for each of our lives just as he had a plan for Joseph's life. And believing and obeying these prophetic words is very important because the Bible is the word of God. All other words that we are given by other people or by dreams are to be measured according to God's word, the Bible. Some believers make little progress because they violate God's word, the scripture. When we study the Bible, we are studying the Word of God. It's not just a fairy story. These words are powerful. These words are profound. These words are written to speak to us. When we st- uh, so meditate on it. Don't just read that chapter before you go to sleep every night. Think about, it, about what it's saying. Look at the most important verse that you've read and think about how it relates to your life memorize those key verses you know when i gave my life fully to the lord i wanted to know as much about the bible as i possibly could and i still do something in me craves for the truth and the knowledge that is there in the bible and god reveals himself to each one of us through the bible And some verses explain that to us. For example, Proverbs 4, verse 22. Your words are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. There's truth, there's life in that word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to our path. God will guide us through this journey called life. God's way is perfect The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. He will protect us through those dangerous times in our lives. And so God's word will test our character. It will strengthen our faith. It will bring us into our destiny in Christ. You know, you can read through the whole Bible in one year just by reading three chapters a day. So the first half is really um, Genesis through to Psalms. So read a chapter from that section, read another section from Proverbs onward and read another chapter from the New Testament. And if you read those three chapters, you will read the whole Bible in a year. Every time I used to get a new Bible, I would start at the beginning and I'd go through and I'd read the Bible and I'd mark the margins and underline key words and key verses. But now, I i mean, it's, it's a real pain. You get a new Bible and you know that your old Bible's got all those verses underlined and you've got to do it again. But a lot of people are using digital Bibles and having their Bible readings from the AND Bible, which is an app you can have on your phone and it will even read to you. Um, and you can be out walking and listening to the Word um, but there's even better things than that. There's other little devices you can, um, you can get where the word is written to you and the voices change and it's really made to come alive. And someone donated me one of those and I really enjoy it when I go out walking. So remember that. Read your Bible. Listen to God. Ask what he's saying to you. Joseph didn't have a Bible like we do today. But God put a prophetic word in his heart. And God still speaks prophetically to us. But he never says anything that is contrary to what he has already said in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 19 and 21 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. So we are commanded to hold fast to those prophetic words that are given to us. There was a time in my life, 26 years ago, where I had a, what was diagnosed as a terminal illness. And people came, the elders of our church, they anointed me with oil, they prayed over me. Everyone that came to pray for me had one word, one verse for me. And it was Psalm 118, verse 17. You shall not die, but live and proclaim the message of the Lord. Back then, I was a schoolteacher. But miraculously, I've ended up, ended up being a pastor. And God prophetically prepared me for Christian ministry. And he is preparing you for his call on your lives. 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through to 14 have a lot to say about spiritual gifts and prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9, it says, "'For we know in part, and we prophesy in part.'" God knows everything, but our prophecy is just a part of a bigger picture. There is always a human element to prophecy. And too often we just choose the prophecies that we like and we forget about the ones that we don't. But we are encouraged to judge and to test all prophecies. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 29 says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. We're to discern what is truly the word of God, and what contains a human bias. Prophecy is a bit like pure water coming out of a hose, but you spray that water through a dusty screen door. And so instead of that pure water coming through clean, it comes through dirty because it picks up the dust from the screen door. And so God's words are pure water. And our spirits are the screen doors. Sometimes our screens can be quite dirty. And even though the water of God is clean, that water becomes dirty. And a screen that it may be passing through could be judgmentalism. You may be a very judgmental person. And so whenever you hear from God, you put that slant on it. Or we may taint a word by harshness. You know, the Old Testament prophet is quite different to the New Testament prophet. In the Old Testament times people didn't have the scriptures as we know them today and Jesus hadn't come. Prophetic words today are more to encourage and to... uh, In in Old Testament times they were more to, to warn and to judge. But prophecy today tends to encourage and to edify people. So... First of all, we're to judge the prophecy by the word of God. God never contradicts himself. If the word that we've been given is contrary to the scriptures, then we're not hearing it correctly. Another way we can judge prophecy is by the inward witness. uh, Romans 8 verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Now, sometimes you listen to a prophetic word and there's a real thus saith the Lord about it. And it resonates with your own spirit and you think, yes, that is a word from God. He is speaking to us this morning. Other times you hear something and there's a check in your spirit and you're thinking, "Mm, I don't know about that. And so we have to be very careful that we do test prophecy prophetic word may not line up with what the Holy Spirit is saying to our own spirit. And if that happens, don't be too concerned about it. Just put it on the back burner. Because if it is a word from God, he will confirm it and make it clear to us. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. There are other prophetic people around who will confirm the word or give you the same word in another way. Sometimes when God's really wanting to tell us something, he tells us the same thing three different times. So if God tells you something and you think he's speaking to you, write it down and then listen to what he is saying to you from his word and from other people. If we don't understand the prophecy just tell god about it and hand it over to him say i choose to trust in you lord and i trust that every word that you have truly spoken will come to pass in my life sometimes prophetic words can change look at this example from the old testament isaiah was a true prophet of god and god sent him to king hezekiah to tell him in Isaiah 38 to say, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Imagine if you got a prophecy like that. When Hezekiah heard the prophecy, he prayed and asked God to change his mind. Then a second word came to Isaiah, and he said in Isaiah 38 verse 5, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add 15 years to your days. So prophecies can change. Many prophecies are conditional. But like I said before, most of the Old Testament prophecy was warning. And so God would warn his people before he judged his people. And if people returned, and turned from their wicked ways, God would change his mind. Our God is a loving and merciful God. And so when we come to him in repentance, he will forgive us. But sometimes there are consequences. We've done wrong, and we have to suffer the consequences of those wrong actions. God's heart is revealed to us by the words that he speaks. It's interesting that our God is three in one. Our God lives in relationship. When Jesus was on earth, he considered his Father and the Holy Spirit and yielded to them. Our God knows what love is about because he's in relationship. A God that is one is not in relationship as such. And so we have a loving God. If God had said that you're going to do a certain thing for him, hold on to that word. There will be situations where you're tempted to stop believing what God has said. God tests our faith with the prophetic word and tests our character With the written word. Whatever may happen, don't let go of his word to you. Don't give up believing those words that he's spoken to you. All through Joseph's trial, he kept on believing those things that the Lord had spoken to him. The Apostle Paul emphasized the importance of holding on to prophetic words. We've already looked at that verse in 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. It may require some effort to hold on to these prophecies over our lives, just like it did with Joseph. And in Philippians 3, verses 12, Paul says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Paul is talking about his destiny, the specific purpose God has for his life. He had to push forward to resist the devil and exert some effort to attain that purpose. It wasn't just going to happen naturally. And then Paul wrote to Timothy to encourage him in his struggles. And in Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, he says, Timothy, here are some instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles, cling to your faith in Christ, and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Listen to your conscience. If you're a Christian, the Spirit of God is in control of your conscience and leading you and speaking you. And if your conscience is saying, don't do that, that is wrong. Don't disobey, because if you disobey, your faith can be shipwrecked. And then he went on in uh, chapter 4, verse 14 to say, Do not neglect the gift that is in you that was given to you through the prophecy spoken over you at the laying on of the hands of the elders. And so Paul reminds Timothy of those prophecies that had been spoken over his life. And so he's encouraging Timothy to hang on to them and fulfill God's call on his life to keep his conscience clear he had to also battle with the, the devil he had to fight that good fight of faith we need faith we move forward by faith we defend ourselves from the enemy with the shield of faith whenever the enemy throws a fiery dart of unbelief towards you put up that shield of faith and say, I'm not going to listen to that God. I've had this word from the Lord and I'm believing your word, Lord. I'm not listening to this unbelief that the enemy is throwing towards me. And so Timothy um, stayed firm to God's call on his life. If God has given you a word about your life, hold on to it and trust in him. You know, in a previous church where we were pastoring, we every second year we would have a, a church camp. And one year, uh, a man called Len Butner, who some of you may know, was the speaker. And he had a very powerful prophetic gift. And he prophesied over just about everyone in our church. He was speak. He spoke about sort of five times over the weekend. But at the end, there would be a prophetic time and he would address people way back then my wife was a pianist but she wasn't a worship leader and um len Butner said this to about helen he said i really believe there's a powerful prophetic anointing on your life to bring people into the presence of god i want to speak to that gifting and release it not long after that helen started leading worship and in And through worship, people were able to come into the presence of God and to worship him. Another time, we had a guy called Daniel Baker, who was an American prophet. And he was over with YWAM, and um, he came and spoke to our church on a Sunday morning. And at the end of the service, he asked anyone that wanted a word from the Lord to come forward. And the whole front of the church was full. And he prayed over people. Many people ended up on the floor. There was one guy, he says, look, God's got a new call in your life. Uh, in in the near future, you're going to be leaving town and moving to another place. And two months later, this guy who had been a plumber got a job lecturing at the Polytech in Wellington, and he moved down there. This is what he said about me. Now, you have to be really careful when you're talking about prophecy, because Joseph got into a wee bit of trouble when he started boasting about his dreams and, and saying, oh, look, you know, this is what God said to me. If we boast about something, if we're proud about something, we will lose it because God honours humility. God humbles the proud. And so this is a word that was spoken over me by this Daniel Bacon. He said, from now on, when you preach in that pulpit you're not preaching to this congregation, but you're preaching to this city. You're calling this city into the place, into their place. From now on when you pastor, you're not pastoring just this congregation, but you're pastoring this city in the name of Jesus. And after that, we ended up going to Baku, the capital city of Azerbaijan. We were senior pastors in the only English-speaking Protestant church in a city of four and a half million people. Going to that church were embassy staff, were business people, were 40 families that had gone over to that land to help the people that lived there. I can't use the word. And here I am, getting up every Sunday, speaking to that congregation. God gave, put me in an amazing position where the word he gave me to share went out to an incredible diversity of people. Those sermons were put on the internet and listened to by many, many people. So God can give us words. There's another word that's been spoken over me that I don't understand, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. When we get into the dream part, Pharaoh's dreams, I might give one or two of you a look at it, but it's, um, it's a bit scary. Anyway, um, we humbly obey God. We are nothing, but God can work through us if we're prepared to humble ourselves and allow him to use us. You know, one of the best places to hear a prophetic word is, is at a baptismal service because when you follow the Lord in the waters of baptism, you're obeying him and you're open to what he wants to do in his life. And so often at the end of a baptismal service, those prayers, those verses that are spoken over you, they can be prophetic words from the Lord and we record those words and you can have your own transcript of those words. So there's only one person that can prevent us from walking in our destiny and that's ourselves. So don't allow circumstances to cloud your vision and block God's destiny for your life. Charles E. Raven said, most people have at some time or other to stand alone and to suffer. And their final shape is determined by their response to their probation. They emerge either the slaves of circumstance or, in some sense, captains of their own souls. There are some of you here at the moment that are going through that place of suffering just like Joseph suffered in prison. Don't give up. Persevere. Listen to what God is saying to you. Learn to lean on him in your trials, to trust and not to complain. Rest completely in him. We may not understand all the mysterious ways in which God has led us. At times, things may seem to be the very opposite of the word that God has given us. But continue to learn that in all things, Christ is our hope and our provision. God is training us for the day when he will call on us in a new way. Until the time that that prophetic word comes to pass, God's written word is testing our character. God has a destiny for each of our lives he has a ministry for each of us so hold on in faith to that destiny don't be afraid let's pray father we pray for everyone gathered here this morning lord we know that they we are all precious to you that you have a call on each of us that we have different gifts different abilities But as we are faithful to you, you will use us. Lord, we pray for those people that are are struggling at the moment. Lord, may they see that as part of this life journey. Lord, it's through the hardship that we learn the most, that we press into you and we hear your voice and you come very close to us and become very real to us. Lord, be with each one of us. May we all, Fulfill your call and purpose on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.